It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Gotta tell you, I love these Madden Mondays and Madden Mondays brought to you by BR and Company who want to wish you and everyone out there the best health and safety during these trying times. By the way, BR and Company, one of the most respected names when it comes to building resources and construction. With that said, here he is, three-time manager of the year, two-time World Series champion, first year Angel skipper Joe Madden. Joe, all good? You and your wife, Jay, feeling good? Everybody's well, thank you, sir. How about you? Hanging in there. Uh, let's see, what have I discovered over all of this? I've discovered how much I truly enjoy my wife and my children's companies, and we do a movie night every night now. Joe, what have you been okay. discovering about yourself the last couple of weeks? Well, um, discovery. Uh, right now, it's, I feel like I'm going through a second off-season, or actually my first one. This last off-season, I was kind of ill the whole time. So I'm discovering that um, giving an opportunity uh, right this time of the year could be, I enjoy the creativity. Right now, I'm enjoying the creativity of all this. You talked about movie night. Um, I've been talking to a tape recorder a lot just to record thoughts. I've been doing different videos. I've been writing things. I've been staying in touch uh, with really good friends, and I've and I've also had a bunch of old paperwork that I had. I'm organizing that uh, via Google Drive, which is absolutely fabulous once you uh, understand it. So a lot of it's been like this great creative moment that I've really been enjoying that I, I know once we get back to work, it's going to be very helpful for me. Hey, Joe, let me tell you something that I honestly, truly, sincerely have been really enjoying, and that is these Madden Monday conversations. And almost as much as I have enjoyed these conversations I enjoy the preparation that I go through for these okay. Madden Mondays. And I read one of the greatest quotes ever the other day. And the quote was from your beautiful mother, Beanie, in regards <laughs> to your father, Joseph Anthony Madden. And I want to read it to the audience because okay. Beanie said, in regards to your father, he could have had the worst day in the world and come in the door and you'd never know it. But he never complained. Never. When he'd run into a problem down in the shop and he couldn't find a part, he made it. That's what kind of man he was. Joe, I can't tell you how much I love that. How much of your father's exceptional work ethic and character, how much of that did you really truly appreciate? And at what age did you really start to appreciate it? Well, first of all, Dean just said uh, that's that's absolutely correct. He never missed a day of work. I mean, he was a plumber. He lived above the plumbing shop. He would get up at, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning. Mom would be. would always make him breakfast every morning. He'd walk downstairs, go to work. He'd come back filthy from being like in a stoker maybe someday or shoving out some ashes. or The, dirt, the, the, the job was a dirty job. But I swear to you, she's, I never saw him in a bad mood. He never was upset. And people would come in, and they would call him at 2 o'clock in the morning. He'd just get up and go and do their work for them. So I saw it. I saw my dad never missed a day. We never went on vacation. We never went to, like, Atlantic City. He went to work every day. So 
obviously it did uh, rub off on me with him with me and my brother and my sister and everybody else back there. He would come home and play catch every day with WBP during the summer. He would shoot baskets with me every day during the winter. And then he'd put a, uh, a tire up in the backyard for me to throw the football to. And he would watch and he'd giggle and he'd laugh and he'd support. He never, uh, never told me I couldn't do anything. He never told me what I was doing wasn't uh, well done. He was just exceptionally different, fought in World War II, was a fixed, uh, soldier in Germany. Um, so he saw it all. And so he was uh, probably the best example a kid could ever have. Man, sounds like an amazing man to me, Joe. And, you know, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to fill in and do some play-by-play of our Halos game up in Seattle against the Mariners. And for that 7 p.m. game, I was inside that broadcast booth at about 8 a.m. to get ready for the broadcast. And the first thing I did when I walked into that broadcast booth was tape a picture of my late great father on the microphone because I knew how proud he would be of me calling my first big league game. Along those same lines, Joe... You carried your dad's angel hat around for a long, long time. Why did you do that? Well, it's underneath. It's in my RV right now. It's in my bag. Um, because <laughs> you had to have seen how we were, how we grew up. Um, my dad was a part of about 11 um, brothers and sisters, the Italian part side of my family. And they could not have been more close. And so as much as my dad was my uncles, too, and they were all part of my Raising and on the other side, the Polish side, my mom and her uh, kids are the same way. Uh, but with my dad, um, he was just that special. I, you ask, you come home, just come to Hagleton. Well, there's not as many left, but if you ran into anybody that knew my pop growing up, they'll all describe him the same way. And, and that would be the best friend. Uh, he was always smiling, never had a bad day. He was always there for everybody. Uh, you'll get the same description from anybody that you had run into. So this hat to me is my dad. I mean, I actually put a, a newer angel hat on him uh, when he passed and he was in the uh, coffin before they, the casket before they closed it, put an angel hat on it. And my dad's dying in eternity with an angel hat on Amazing. Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels here on a Madden Monday, brought to you by BR and Company. That's BR and Company that you can check out online at brco.com hasn't been part of the joy and thrill of being a big league manager, Joe, bringing smiles to the faces of family and friends and providing them opportunities that they would have never imagined possible. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of our day. Um, and again, I can just reflect on the times when my dad took you to the ballpark. First game was at Yankee stadium. And then he took me down to Connie Mack side. Eventually I got to Shea stadium. So I never got to Memorial in Baltimore. Those are the three that I, I went to. And there's nothing, there's nothing like walking up the aisle there and coming out of the uh, portal and seeing the field. I mean, everybody talks about it all the time, but God, it was breathtaking. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, the connection there with the game and how it was uh, embedded in me way back then through my, my dad and my uncles. Again, it was, it was about all these guys in my life back then. And uh, it's something that you just don't forget. Um, and and the, the, the game is a part of our fabric. And I've often told our players. Um, I told you guys, really understand one thing, and I want us to set the right example to play the game properly because you don't know who's coming to watch and you want to impress kids properly. Uh, good turns, running hard to first base, good turns, pitchers backing up third base. Um, you know, it's just that the game is executed well and properly with, with hustle and obvious desire. And I think if you do that, 
the kids absolutely are going to benefit, but, but also the grown-ups. People that have been watching forever. They always, always appreciate uh, players that play it hard, even if the result isn't what you want it to be. I promise you, you've talked to a bunch of folks walking out of the game after your team's loss, and if, if they felt as though they saw good effort out of your group, they would be pretty happy about it. Did you feel kind of a uh, just a whole refresh, a whole reset this year when you started down in Tempe, Arizona, your first year with the Halos? I did. Um, I did. Uh, coming back home is really um, not everybody's afforded that opportunity, especially in our industry. So when I, uh, coming back uh, to the Angels, I mean, I poured my heart and soul into Tampa Bay and the Cubs, absolutely. But when you come back home like this, I've already had part ownership. You know, I've already been part owner of the Angels. I've never been part owners of the Rays until I got there. I've never been part owner of the Cubs until I got there. But I definitely was part owner the moment I walked in the door with the Angels based on the time that I put in. And that's what I'm talking about. A lot of this paperwork I'm, um, that I found and I'm putting back together. I got, I just found a 1994 minor league spring training that I put together in a folder perfectly in place every day of camp. Uh, 60 yard running dash times, including Tim Salmon and Jimmy uh, Garrett Anderson. Um, I did that. I mean, and the other thing I created, I mean, all the things that we did back then in the 80s, um, I was the coordinator. I actually created all those workouts and um, the way the, the whole thing was run. So I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I, I had part ownership in this whole thing going way back when. So when he walked back in the door, it was so easy and it felt so good and so normal. And you just can't say that everywhere you go, and not everybody can just say that at all. Here's a question about the ball club. You've been around some great catchers in your day as a bench coach here and as a coach with the Halos, Bob Boone, Lance Parrish, Benji Molina. In Tampa Bay, you had Jose Molina, Diano Navarro, who made an all-star team. You had Miguel Montero, David Ross, Wilson, uh, Wilson Contreras. As it stands right now with our Halos, it looks like it's Jason Castro and Max Stassi. How do you feel about those backstops right now? Oh, really good. Um, and you've got to mention Miguel Montel. Miguel was a big part of us winning in 2016. Um, I really uh, feel good about uh, Jason and uh, Stass. And I'll tell you why. I mean, uh, you've got to be around guys. And when you are and you see how sincerely invested they are, it starts right there. They are more about their pitchers than they are about themselves. And it has to begin that way to get a championship uh, caliber catching. So as I've gotten to know Jason, really a bright guy, and has definitely uh, well-thought-out opinions on what to do and how to do it. Max had got off to a slow start because he had been injured, but started to uh, become more involved as we got deeper. And same thing with him. I'm, I'm seeing these uh, spectacular um, receiving skills that he has, and actually has been throwing the ball better than advertised. It's just that it's, it's not just about what you see. It's about what a lot of people don't see and how you interact and how they interact with others. That's what really sets great catching apart. And that's why David Ross, who was a backup for so many years, was thought about so highly. Uh, you go back in the day, I was around Booney a lot. I knew Bob really well. Uh, Lance and I were really good. Lance had a Rottweiler, too, named Bear. Had a couple <laughs> Rottweilers, so that was something that he and I used to talk about all the time. Uh, Benji Moe. Benji Moe went to Arizona Western Junior College in Yuma, Arizona as a shortstop. And then he came to us, and uh, at the beginning, it wasn't going so well in the minor leagues. And all of a sudden, uh, Phil Nevin uh, gets suspended. We were playing in Texas, and Benji had to come up with a suspension. 
and he saw what it was like and loved it. And that, that turned his career right around right there to BMO. J-Mo, uh, listen, I get to work with him now, and I had him as a player. I tell you, J-Mo as a coach is so impressive. He's so invested in his guys. He's so invested, and he cares so much. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I've been around a lot of good catchers, and these two guys are going to be outstanding. Does a catcher have to hit if you're going to be a postseason contender or do the intangibles like framing, defense, throwing out runners, keeping runners honest with their leads, and the team ERA under that particular catcher's watch sometimes make up for the lack of production in the batter's box? Yeah, I'm good with, uh, I'm good with the defensive catcher that handles the staff well. Um, I'm good with that guy. Uh, the only time you have to hear a complaint is when the – when the rest of the group's not hitting well, then all of a sudden it becomes important to get more offense out of your catcher. That always cracks me up. It's how, it's how things are always rationalized in the moment. Uh, but I'll definitely, I will definitely take the, uh, the defensive catcher with the, uh, with the rest of the team being decent on the field or good on the field. And if you have a good pitching staff, you need that. I mean, you just need that. And you ask any pitcher how he feels about what he's throwing to on a daily basis and the difference it can make. Um, but, I mean, listen, I always want to have it all. I want guys. I had Wilson Contreras. Wilson is as good as it gets right now in baseball, just leaving Wilson. And as you mentioned, David Ross is a backup. David uh, never hardly played um, any close to a full season. But every team, how many world championships was he on? So there's, there's a, intangibles matter, uh, stuff that you can't uh, necessarily. And they're, they're trying to uh, quantify it now through uh, receiving metrics. But that's, that's just a, a a drop in the bucket regarding what makes these guys good or not. Because if a guy does not interact well with the pitcher and the pitcher's not into uh, his ability to call a game and how much he cares about him, uh, this guy better hit them. <laughs> hey, Joe, for all the Angel fans listening, the halo honks, if you will, can you give us your early impressions of Angel right fielder and 20-year-old Joe Adele? Yes, Um uh, Really bright young man, ingratiating, um, sees everything. He's um, very self-aware. That's, that's my first impression of him as a person. Likeable, very likable. Um, as a player, uh, my goodness, uh, wow. I mean, like, you know, like an Andre Dawson kind of a dude, that kind of a build, uh, really big, wiry, strong. Uh, watching his tools play out. Uh, listen, he was swinging the bat well. He was swinging the bat well. He's hitting the right ball in right center. He's catching up to heavy velocity, too, which I kind of like early on. Um, runs really well on the bases defensively. Um, he had some arm issues, although he started to feel better by the end of camp. Uh, listen, he's the proverbial 5 2 guy. And the big thing with him is um, he needs to definitely get his game in order to be able to survive on a major league level and not have any real, uh, any kind of uh, backward trip. So, He's not quite ready yet, but when he gets here, man, he's going to be uh, hes a chance to be pretty darn special because he's got it all going up. And his birthday is Wednesday. He'll be 21. Will you send him like a gift card to Sizzler or something? Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. I thought as you put it in my head, I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, when yeah. it comes to baseball prospects, before you leave me, Give me the greatest baseball prospect you ever witnessed in person. Prospect. Eh. Well, um, you know, immediately I'm going to go back to the 80s, um, early 90s, whatever that was. Um, I saw Ken Griffey in Bellingham, Washington when he was 17 or 18. 
Um, they were playing the uh, Salem, Salem Angels, I think it was at that time. And I was there as a rover. So it had to be mid-80s. And he had a bomb, right? And that was like, Bellingham was the, the biggest, smallest ballpark. I mean, the dimensions were small, but it took a it took a, an absolute cannon shot to get it out of there. So Griffey uh, was that. I, I started Barry uh, Bonds in college at ASU, and, and obviously that was uh, very impressive, too. Um, you know, now I'm getting to watch Mike Trout, but I didn't really scout him. As was, I'm talking about guys in the Alex Rodriguez. I saw him as a shortstop in structural league in, in, yes, structural league in Peoria. Go behind second base on a ball to his left and just spin and throw it. He had no business making that play at that age. I saw Gary Sheffield as a baby with all that bat bagging around him. How the hell is he going to do this? But he did. Um, I've been pretty fortunate, man. I've seen a lot. Of, I, could write the, I could write a list down for you, but those, those guys really bounce off the top of my head. Um, all special. I, was, I started out as a scout. Scouting is my, in, my, in my blood. Among our guys, I mean, uh, Tim Salmon never really got his date. This should have been a first-round draft choice. Uh, Dan Erstad was. Jimmy Edmonds was a low pick. And if you had seen Jimmy in the beginning compared to where he ended up, it would really surprise you actually quite a bit <laughs> where Jimmy started and the way he finished. Uh, tremendous. Devon White. Devon White is his own batting practice in uh, Idaho Falls and he's swinging this. Okay. And then you saw Devo with two-time championship at Toronto. So I've had the real uh, ability, to, the pleasure to watch guys develop. And like I said, the list is, is long and illustrious. I could keep going on and on. Uh, but when you ask the question, if you think slice it, I'd say Griffey, Alex, and Vaughn stand out. When you watch Mike Trout hit 304 against your Rays in 2012 and then 375 in 2013 against Tampa Bay, 304 again in 2014, and 320 in 2015, when you were watching a young Mike Trout, was there someone you could compare him to? Um, not really. I mean, because he was definitely on I mean, the. I didn't start him as a as a free agent kid. I saw him as a professional, and I've already been on record as saying that they should change the MLB logo and put him on it, just like Jerry West at the NBA. Um, that was my impression about watching him play. Who's he matchups to? I mean, I never saw Mickey Mantle in person um, combination, but he's much bigger than Mickey had been. You get that up next to Michael. I mean, he's a big man. This is not just a little guy that runs fast. This guy's a big man. Does it all. Um, I have to. I have to really chew on that. I don't know that there's any real comp for him uh, coming up. I was just. I was putting my scout hat on. I never saw anything like that. I could talk about Griffey Bonds. I could talk about uh, Alex. Talk about all these dudes. I never saw anything quite like what I see with Michael right now. It's just a different. Um, a different level of athlete. You could have played anything well. You could have played anything well. But like I said, I mean, I. Uh, what did I think of Mike Trout when I saw him? I thought they should reconfigure the MLB logo to him. And by the way, when you toss in the type of young man and the character and the person that Mike Trout is, I'm jumping on that bandwagon. Let's, uh, you know, Harmon Killebrew, God rest his soul. He's the current mm. logo of Major League Baseball. But going to, uh, going with Mike Trout, the player and the person, I think I couldn't think of a better face of the game. I knew Joe, Harmon, you're... Though. Harmon, Harmon was outstanding. Harmon, I mean, he lost Al Kaline, but he talked about another wonderful man, beautiful man, Al Kaline. And... Last point, I've just been watching that story about Dave Parker on MLB Network, and I just texted uh, with David. David treated me better than I've probably ever been treated by another coach when I was a coach in the major league level. I'm a big Dave Parker fan also. 
Love our Madden Mondays with Angel Manager Joe Madden. Joe, you're awesome. Appreciate the time as always. Already looking forward to next Monday. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. You be well, man. Take care. You too. That's Joe Madden, Angel Manager here on another Madden Monday brought to you by BR and Company. Check them out online at brco.com. Quick break. Come on back. Lots more to get to here on a Madden Monday in the Sports Lodge. Your phone number is 714-2830-830. And you can go follow the show on Twitter at the Sports Lodge on Twitter. 